Passionate DJ Podcast, where it's all about becoming a better DJ through passion and purpose. And now, your host, David Michael. This is the Passionate DJ Podcast. I'm your host, David Michael, and with me is Trip Turlington. What's up? How you doing, man? I'm doing all right. And uh, hanging out here in the corner, we've got Mo Dingo. What's up, folks? Hanging out on the Facebook Live, streaming it for us. We appreciate the help, man. Hey, no worries. And Tony's taking the day off, and we're going to talk about kind of fulfillment and happiness as a DJ. Before we get going on the topic, speaking of fulfillment and happiness, I have to say thank you to Mr. Tony DeSero. Absolutely. Uh, He's taking the day off, I'm sure, because... We had a hell of a weekend. Uh, three-dimensional brought in Green Velvet to uh, the Mask Nightclub, which is one of our more hopping nightclubs in the Dayton area. Uh, A-class sound system, great bar, uh, just a just a great place to be. And Green Velvet tore it the hell down. Absolutely, like, I mean Tony. Tony set the stage for. I mean, it just it just that opening set was just banging. I loved it. And he was just my word for the entire night was just relentless. Like everybody was just bringing it to the mm-hmm. bang, bang, bang. And uh, the whole lineup was yeah. was really did an awesome job. And right. I unfortunately I missed uh, our friend Mike Donovan, who's kind of a, our yeah. resident deep house expert. Yeah, I'm sure that sounded great on that system. I, oh, I anything. <laughs> most things sound great on that yeah. system. So, <laughs> yeah, for sure. But, but uh, uh, everybody else, I I caught it was like you know just perfectly set up everything. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know that we talk about here on the show about how to set up the headliner and right. warming up and all that. I mean, it was just like. Yeah, I mean everything Perfection. that we've talked about. I mean, it, it, I mean it, that if, if you if you're gonna play a a, a show, that that would have been it. I mean, it, I mean three dimensional always puts it together proper like that. So I'm, oh man, it was great. And and Green Velvet, what did, what did he play for? Like two and a half, three hours or yeah, three hours. Yeah. I mean, it was three a.m. and we're doing the percolator. You know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, Yes, we were. <laughs> we were percolating hard. Right. I'm like, uh, <laughs> man, it's 3 a.m. Wow, I got to go. <laughs> but he just played. No. <laughs> and, yeah. You know, and the, I mean, you know, just just shout out to, to Green Velvet, Cashmere, whatever, you, you know, all, you know, uh, all, 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 yeah, all of his. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he's just he's I, I've said it like three times, maybe four times over the last couple of days since the show. He's just a cool motherfucker, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> like it's just it's one of those things where like, you know, he's not overly like, you know, bouncing. And, you know, I mean, he's got a stage presence. I made a comment about that because yeah. I, I thought about you because we talked about the stage presence thing right. you know, a handful of episodes ago. Right, right. And he had that kind of John Digweed thing going on. Right. He was like a robot up there, yeah. with, like completely rigid, staring straight ahead, had his sunglasses on yep, in the club. Yep. Drinking Coke. Drinking coke. Oh, is that what he was drinking? <laughs> yeah. I was trying to figure it out. Yeah, he, cans of coke. Yeah, he went through several of them. I was like, damn, he's getting down. <laughs> right. I thought he was getting turned, but then luckily, no. yeah, he was enough for us. He wasn't. Right, right. Yeah. He's just hanging out, but he, uh, man, he kept his his face forward, and he was like, even though he wasn't moving around, he just he had this look about him, like this right. commanding, yeah. This yeah. Pres- yeah, he was about business. Yeah, and it was just it was kind of cool to watch. And then there man. was just a couple of little moments in there where. 
he had a crowd reaction or something happened or the, you know, mask has cryo blasts and all that right, stuff. So, right. you know, something like that would go off and you just see him grin. And I don't think <laughs> I've ever even seen a picture of him smiling. So it was kind of uh, right. cool to see. Well, and that was, that, you know, um, uh, you know, I was telling Mo that, um, you know, I've been spoiled, you know, by knowing a lot of the people that I know and, you know, have gotten used to, you know, always having that that behind home plate seat to a lot of DJs, you know, through, you know, either throwing a show myself or with my partner or, you know, knowing people who are, you know, but uh, that was that that exact thing, like as cool as he was and as as stoic as he tried to stay. Uh, when he was facing the crowd, when he would turn around, you could see him grinning yep. and he's grabbing that can of Coke <laughs> and he knows he's killing it, you yeah, know? Yeah. So, uh, it just, a just a massive shout out to Billy and Tony, uh, at three dimensional killer yes. show. Thanks guys. Um, and, uh, green velvet. If you ever hear this, man, <laughs> that was a killer show. And for anybody who's never seen him, make sure you get out there and see it. And we'd love to talk to you. By the way. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> we would love to talk to you. You know, I was talking to our uh, our friend Chris Morgan, shout out as well. Um, he was there at the show, and he, I was chatting with him, and there were a couple moments where, you know, it three dimensional when they throw a show. You know, obviously, if you've ever heard Tony talk about this stuff, you kind of know their approach to uh, raising the volume over the course of the night, raising the you know, making the lights do more the later you get, and having different things happen as we get closer to the headliner, and all right. that happened. You right. know, and as Green Velvet went on, and he's, he played a couple of tracks that were just really bass-heavy tracks. Right. And those songs came on, and we've all heard that sound system at Mass. This is a full-function one professional sound system. I right. mean, this thing Like, they, they send engineers to send these yeah, things Yeah, this thing's there. mega. <laughs> right. And we're listening to it. And there were a couple moments where he and I looked at each other and you, you couldn't hear what we were saying, obviously. So we just gave each other the look, you know, right. <laughs> and like looked at each other's eyes and went, holy moly. Yeah. Like we've heard the sound system a million times and I've never heard sounds like that come out. Oh, I'm telling those you. Speakers. Yeah. I mean, I mean even, it's just, they just pounded it. Oh, yeah. And even from like uh, the VIP area behind the turntables, mm. like, I mean, there were, like you said, there were some of those songs I... They were just so bass heavy. It was like womp, you know, just pulling at your stomach. So it was yeah, like it was... shaking the congestion out of my chest. <laughs> 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 but yeah, yeah, just just killer stuff there. Love it. Um, I wanted to give a an extra special mention and shout out to a friend of ours, Jack Walsh. This hey, what is, up, Jack? Yeah, <laughs> uh, nice to meet you, Jack. He came all the way from Chicago to Dayton, Ohio, which is a five-ish hours drive, yep. to watch the show and to meet the three of us. So, to me, you, and yeah, Tony. Super so, cool. yeah. yeah, that was super cool. And we brought Mo over, and we all just had had a little powwow. So, uh, Jack, I wish we had more time to hang out. I wish you were hanging out longer. We would have taken you to lunch or something. But, right, right. Uh, it was super cool to meet you and uh, stay in touch, and we're glad to have you as a listener. No doubt. So. Okay, Um happiness as a dj you know this is something that doesn't get talked about a lot i think that most people just assume that if you're djing you're happy or paid or both <laughs> you know and i don't think that's always the case <laughs> oh, oh i'm choking on irony <laughs> <laughs> and this is especially a, a thing you know for 
probably the longer that DJs have been into it, right. the more likely one is to be jaded, jaded or right. over right. it or, you know, that kind of thing. And so, uh, you know, whether it's because they're not making any money or, you know, they can't, uh, they just get bored with it. You know, I, I, I'm sure we all know a handful of DJs who have retired, quote, retired. Right. You know, I've retired five times. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> We've had retired DJs on the show. Yeah. Right, you know? right. So uh, I guess kind of the way I want to approach this is to just kind of throw out some various tips on how to make sure that we're maintaining that happiness as a DJ so that we, you know, remember why we're doing this and we stay into it. Right. And, you know, as a result, hopefully really do become better DJs through passion and purpose, as we say, because um, having purpose in your DJing tends to fuel that passion side of it, right. you know, right. which helps you maintain interest and it kind of keeps that snowball going. Right. Um, so I've taken a few notes. Uh, one thing that I wanted to bring up is to just remember that it's all about the music and that seems really easy to say, right? but I think that that for some people gets lost, you know, somewhere along the way. Um, most of us DJs got into it because of the music or mm-hmm. at least stayed into it because of the music, right? whatever that music is. Um, but somewhere along the way, you know, we get caught up in, especially, you know, 2016 approaching 2017, we're not just DJs, we're media companies, right. you know, we Pro- were promoters, yeah. entertainers, social media experts, psychologists. <laughs> yeah. And so it's website designers, we- yeah. <laughs> email list administrator. <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. It's hard to keep up with all that stuff, you right. know? Right. Um, you know, music is what keeps me personally interested the most. I mean, I, I do enjoy the climb as well. I enjoy that with Passionate DJ. I enjoy growing our audience and meeting more people like Jack and and growing that kind of camaraderie and stuff. But, you know, the the music never takes a back seat. Right. I just feel like if you if you can't find the music that you're passionate about, that you will, oh, sharing the music with others, like why we like to share it. Right. So, you know, I had talked about why uh, why I how I felt for dance music. And why I like sharing the music more than why I was into the music. Because I think those are two different things. Agreed. You know? yeah. And so finding the music that you actually really care about and are passionate about and like so much that you want to share it with others and relate on that level uh, really kind of keeps me going. So for me, it's just remembering that it's, it really is truly when it, you know, it comes down to brass tacks. It's all about the music and, you know if you can't find the music that moves you to that level, then, then you're going to have trouble sharing that music with other people and being excited about it. Right. Yeah. Because as cliche as it can be to say that it's all about the music, you know, it's, it, you're only going to be most successful in the things that you are the most passionate about. So like, you know, I don't know if there is such a thing as DJing classical music, but if that's what DJing was, I probably wouldn't be interested. You know, yeah. like, and and because there's so many different forms of dance music, everything from hip hop to rap and electronic and everything in between, and um, that gives a lot of people that avenue to latch on to what they like and what they love. And and when you love something like that, and you're and you want to share it, then having that. 
you know, creates a drive for sure. Which brings up a good kind of side point because, um, you know, I, I personally don't go out and play classical music at gigs, right? right, right. But um, I'm classically trained in piano. Now, I'm not don't mistake me for having a big head there. I'm not great at it. Okay. But, <laughs> but you are trained. I yeah, was trained. There's a, there's okay. a difference between trained and good. I took 10 years <laughs> right, of lessons right. and I'm not great. Okay. Right, but, right. but I, I take that classical music influence and I use it, you know, it, it's influenced my sets before. Okay. So, um, not usually the big kind of more ravey stuff, but like when I play more laid back gigs and stuff, I've, you know, loungy stuff, Mm -hmm. I've thrown in little bits of piano and stuff that, that kind of recall, you know, some of that. So uh, all that to say, you know, it's not always just finding a particular song that does it for you and doing that over and over and over again and making a set out of it. But it can also be, taking pieces of a song, taking found sounds, taking, you know, different ways that influence the, the direction of your set or the, the kind of general feel and add those elements to it. structure even, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. Structure for, yeah. Was, yeah. Classical structure is a little different than, right. than dance structure, but you still learn that, um, you can still learn a lot from it, like uh, call and response type mm-hmm. of, you know, melody. You can learn a lot about harmonies. You can learn a lot about, um, uh, I don't know how you put it, kind of what we would call a bridge, but mm-hmm. taking a little side, you know, right. path and coming back to it and stuff. And yeah, there's, I mean, I always try to take different things out of any genre that I listen to and not necessarily directly translate it to my DJ right, sets, right. but I think some of it intentionally and some of it unintentionally just kind of tends to happen, you know, when you're really into music and also sharing it. Sure. One of the um, <clears throat> one of the other things about that point that you're making, though, is that it's all about the music, you know, especially in the rave scene. I mean, I'm I'm sure you know the hip hop scene and other other subculture uh, 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 scenes have th- have this issue as well. I mean, but drugs are everywhere. Mm-hmm. You know, misogyny is everywhere. You know, so you've got you know. Uh, and, and just people generally looking to take advantage, uh, are everywhere. So, um, one of the big things to, for me on that point is that there's all kinds of perks that can happen because you are a DJ, especially in a nightclub or a rave or warehouse or festival environment. Um, and some people get consumed by that and they lose sight of the music because yeah. they overconsume and and you know uh, with the feel good right right well the the, the artificial feel good because i know during the rave scene there was a lot of people that uh, probably had some loopholes in their character that found themselves going into a really deep dark place as a result of some of the chemical influences that yeah. were going around right. at that time right yeah, and and nobody's immune to it. Like I, I've I've seen a lot of people, you know, go go a, a dark path, and you know, I mean, everybody, you know, especially in the rave scene. I don't want to say everybody, but a lot of people, you know, um, at least experimented, and you know, it when when something like drugs gets a hold of you, uh, beyond an experimental or recreational. 
uh, avenue, then that can really shift your focus and your sight. And once mm-hmm. you lose sight that, you know, this scene that you love, that's, you know, promoting the music that you love and that you are, you know, putting yourself out there as an artist and trying to share things with this community that you are a part of. If, if you're still not in it for the music, but now you're doing it because you can get women or Mm -hmm. if you're, if you're a a lady and you like to get guys, you know, whatever that promiscuity, if you're, there's nothing wrong with that unless you're using this position as a DJ in in this community for strictly that purpose. Right, because that's going to affect the quality of your product. Exactly. And then some people will use that as an excuse to continue their behavior. Oh, well, I do this because it makes me a better DJ or it makes me a better insert, whatever, because I've seen it in the sports world as well. Absolutely. Uh, So, you know, whether it's drugs or, you know, promiscuity or, you know, what or you know, whatever it is, you know, um, uh, that, that's, that's a hard thing to, uh, battle against, you know, it, it, because it is so prevalent, especially in, you know, electronic and rave scenes and stuff like that. Excellent point. I didn't even think about hitting that angle. Yeah. Um, my next tip is, uh, play for you too. Mm. (laughs) So, it's, I got. I got. Before you get started, I got a. I've got a feeling that this section of the show is going to be dedicated to Charles. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. <laughs> well, I mean, just. I mean, without. I, I don't want to cut you off. So, I mean, but you know, just off the top, that's that's one of. That's one of the things that that it, he is extremely passionate about. Is that what he does is he cultivates, you know, um, and I don't want to put words in his mouth. So, Charles, feel free to, you know, um, to correct me when you see this. A mutual DJ producer (laughs) friend in the scene. Right. So when he but when he puts together his sets and he he puts that out there, you know, he he is he has gone out there and has said as much that he doesn't care as much about what other people think. Mm -hmm. You you either feel him or you don't. Yeah. So, you know, I think. We've, and we've had that discussion online a bunch, but like... Steve Gilson brought that up when he was on the show as well. He, right, I think he right. holds a similar view. Right. You know, and, you know, for a lot of people, you know, there's there's that extreme and then there's the extreme of I am a jukebox and I play what people want to hear no matter what because that's the situation yes. I'm in and that's the type of DJ I am. Nothing wrong with that. But, you know, in between those two extremes, I think most of us fall somewhere in between there. Absolutely. So, um to that point, I, you know, so yeah, well, and shout I out think, to Charles, but yeah. And, and what you're, I think what that essentially gets down to is do, do you consider DJing or do you consider your own DJing to be a service or a performance? Correct. You know, are people coming to see what you have to offer and what you want to share or are they coming are they going to the bar and you have a job to do or are they, you know, this, this is going to vary depending on the type of venue, the type of music that you, maybe not the type of music that you play, but, um, the, uh, you know, whether or not you're doing wedding gigs Mm -hmm. or somewhere where you're expected to play certain playlists. Um, Mo, I don't know if you have any insight on this on the CrossFit thing. You know, do you consider that when you play your fitness events, do you consider that a service? I look at it as a service 
in the aspect, like I mentioned before, of like helping those athletes get through those rough moments. Yeah. Um, Cause oftentimes, like I, I don't, I think I mentioned this before, but I'll see athletes actually, like if it's some sort of like repetitive motion, I'll see them get in a rhythm with whatever it is I'm playing. And I actually, uh, one of the athletes at the last event I did, she said, whatever that song you were playing that last time when we were on that last workout, I was just going to the rhythm. I was just trying to get through it. And, you know, thank you for playing that song because it, it kept me in tune and nice. it stopped me from thinking about being in pain. And I was like, when I say pain, folks, I don't mean like there's like blood coming out of their eyeballs or anything. I don't know. I've I've heard some awful things about you CrossFit people, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah we, we drink blood out back every Thursday. It's all good. I thought it was vomit, but whatever. <laughs> but, but, but pain in the sense of being in very uh, significant discomfort. You know, just muscular fatigue, uh, mental stress, sure. things like that. And um, so you have in, in kind of a position that's, I, I would say, probably fairly unique amongst DJs because you, what you're doing is probably probably leans toward the service side, but you also don't and probably can't take requests because everybody's doing their thing, right? I I, tr- I do to a certain extent. Yeah, like if do. someone says, "Hey, can you play this song?" and I'm like, "Okay." And I'll think about it. And like, for instance, uh, one guy asked me to play Nas if I, if I rule the world, which I ne- okay. probably would have never thought playing otherwise. Mm. So I had to like Good song. figure out what the workout right. was. <laughs> right. so, so I looked at those series of workouts and I was like, oh, okay, well, I could probably use it in this particular event. Let me do that. So then when I saw he was doing his work, I threw that song on there and he looks at his, he looks up at the stage. I'm at, he's like, yeah, and he screams <laughs> the top of his lungs and he starts going balls out. I mean, now, granted, he crashed. <laughs> but, <laughs> but but I thought it was cool that I was able to hype that guy up because yeah. I, I helped him out right. you know, in his moment of need. So that's kind of cool. So you, I mean, you, that's a great demonstration of how this this really lands on a spectrum. Sure, kind of you know right, right. where you're you're not playing a provided playlist, Correct. or you're not. Re- I, I, I don't want to put words in your mouth either because I've never been to your CrossFit gigs, but which you guys are more than welcome uh, to. I'd like yeah, you guys to come yeah, actually, we should. Actually, yeah. We should. Um, you mean to like hang out behind the decks, oh, right? <laughs> right for the music part, right? Because uh, yeah. Hey, hey Brody, I, Brody, I, I know you're out there, uh, Brody from CrossFit Excess. Yeah, I got a couple for you. <laughs> but but one of the things that he said two, two and a half actually. <laughs> it, it was kind of cool. Like I was playing at one of his events. Uh, and uh, he's like, we ain't got no Pandora up in here. Nice. <laughs> we got live DJ Dingo. He goes, Who else brings you live DJs to your events? So I thought awesome. that was kind of cool. And like, you know, people gave me some love, you know, and that's, you know, it, it's really cool. So that that's how I feel I'm, I'm providing a service versus an artist. Right. So do you, do you feel really bound by those constraints or do you feel like you still get to express yourself at those oh, types I of Oh, I definitely gigs? get to express myself a oh, lot cool. because cool. Uh, it's safe to say like a lot of these folks haven't been exposed to house music or anything like that or trance. So like I said, depending on those workouts, if what they're asked to do during a certain thing, like if it's a long, repetitive type thing, I'll, I'm going straight to house. Yeah. And a lot of them, like I said, they don't know what they're listening to or they don't know what they're hearing, but they're hearing it. Right, and it's helping them get through it. So, and so and they may not of, even care at that point because once they're in that groove and they and they lock into it, and they, they're in that cadence. Right, yeah. right. So you still get to introduce people to music, which is like kind of scratches that DJ itch. Correct. And then, you know, you also get to contextualize that music in a way that they might not have otherwise noticed or cared, right? Because yeah. you're playing this kind of upbeat dance music for the floor, whatever you got going on, and maybe somebody out there who's not into house or not into techno or whatever it is that you're playing hears that in that context and goes oh 
like there's something to this. They start moving and they get that energy and it puts them in that rhythm. Um, and that context is super powerful. When you feel that rhythm, it's like I think you talked a couple episodes about just supporting your friends. So, like you say, you know, just you go to events and sometimes you just get turned on to something that you never even were interested in before. And I, I think I would like to hope that some of the athletes that have participated in my events that I've been DJing at have actually heard something like, you know, that's pretty cool, or you know what, that was a I'd never thought of listening to you know a house remix of of whatever or, right. you know, and, yeah. and a lot of times I get athletes come up and ask me like do you have a playlist or anything I'm like no I just sort of play what I play right and uh, they're actually kind of fascinated by that which to me nice. is, is pretty cool that they they, they they think I go up there with a set list and just playing ABC you know one through one, one through 20 yeah and I was like no I, I basically watch what you guys do and I and I feed off of you guys I'm like well hey can you tell me what song this was and I can kind of figure out what they were doing and kind of help them out a little bit that's great man yeah. that's, a, that's a cool gig yeah for um, sure so it's kind of, I mean, that's a great demonstration of, you know, because it does kind of land on a spectrum like that, most of us are, or at least should be trying to find some middle ground, right? So like... Well, can I make a comment on that? Yeah, though? yeah. So I did my very first wedding for a friend like two weeks ago. And okay. weddings is something I've been completely mortified about because... All I can see is just playing the chicken dance <laughs> and right. hokey pokey and all that stuff. And so... You know, a really good, you know, a good friend of mine I've known for several years. So I thought, you know, well, let me help him out, you know, reduce some of his costs and things like that. And plus, it gives me an opportunity to experience this without, you know, fear of losing reputation, maybe a friendship at the worst case scenario. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, I felt that it was like a free pass. Yeah. So I just kind of used that thought process where just keep people moving, play, play what they want to hear and soliciting suggestions from the crowd because actually what i had him do with his invitations is i created a survey monkey link and asking them what they wanted to hear nice so that way it took some of the stress out of it for me because like when it comes to country i'll, I'll be openly admit i have zero knowledge yeah so um that was something i did to help get myself through the stress of doing it okay so i did i basically had them do the homework for me so at the end of the day, I had like a list of about 100 songs. That's really smart, man. Obviously, right, I wasn't going right. to play all 100, but I kind of got the idea of what people wanted to hear, and I created a playlist around that. And, you know, so I started off playing, you know, the traditional stuff, the mom, uh, first dance, mom, daughter, or mother, mother, son, all those dances, stuff like that. And then the uh, MC was like, all right, it's all yours. And I was like, all right, here it goes. So first thing I do, I play a line dance gets yeah. people on the floor you know <laughs> it, it's uh it's not very uh intrusive it's it's very benign and everybody gets out there and just kind of keep the momentum going from there just playing all these nice. pop hits and things like that yeah. And, yeah you know part of my soul was dying <laughs> <laughs> you know while i'm doing all this but you know it, it was a good experiment for me because you know testing your boundaries you know when you're outside of that comfort zone is where you the most growth occurs so because i put myself in some place i never wanted to be or don't want to go uh, I think it helped me out a lot to understand the psychology of that demographic because I've never played like a top 40 club or anything like yeah. that. And I've been to weddings and I've seen what I consider not so great 
DJs. And I think some of those guys <clears> were those people that are just like there to collect a paycheck. And it was kind of evident. Right. Because right. they weren't working at all. They weren't trying. And mm. I was like, this is ridiculous. Yeah, because there's a lot of them that will use those um, those automatic so, you know, automatic software that yeah. just yeah. fades out uh, out of one and fades into another. And Serato Pyro style. Uh, right. But, <laughs> yeah. you know, and this is before it was right. beat matching, too. So, like, you could hear, the, like, just this. The train wreck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah. My, uh, just real quick, one of my favorite things to do when I was a wedding DJ um, is when you got to that point where all of the traditional dances are over and it, and it, and it's your, it's your train. Now you, mm-hmm. you, you take off, um, unless it was, unless I was reading it and I just knew it was not going to be a good idea. I almost always started with Rob Bass and DJ easy rock. It takes two. <laughs> <laughs> that's your go-to. That's yeah. That's yeah. my go-to. Cause you can tell really quick, similar to the line dance, mm-hmm. you know, if they're going to be feeling you or not, nice. if they're not, then you know, you got to work them up to something like yeah. that. But you know, it's three minutes, you know, okay, yeah. fine. They either love it or they hate it. Well, and that's a different <laughs> scenario than the club too, where you, you have a couple of those awkward, like full right. stops and right. y- it's not a weird thing to happen. If you play something and you're like, okay, the crowd's not feeling it. You try something completely different. And then right. once it starts working, you run with it. Right, right. Exactly. <laughs> but you also kind of have to give them that break too, because if they're yep. burning up the dance floor nonstop, you know, someone's going to you know lose a kidney. <laughs> and you don't want that to happen. You, you got to give them a break. You know? Let them I go think, stretch. I think that's the second episode in a row you've mentioned losing a kidney. Yeah. <laughs> How are your kidneys? Uh, yeah, I'm getting a little concerned <laughs> over here. What's your blood type? <laughs> um, no, that's cool, though, because you've, uh, Mo, you've kind of des- described two different uh, scenarios, which, you know, one leans more towards the performance-ish side and one leans more towards the service side, but they're both close enough to the middle. Right. And, um, you know, I think that, Keeping yourself, the reason I say play for you too is because I think that when you find, when you do find those moments where you, you connect, you know, we talked about last week where you connect with somebody, you know, you, some element that means something to you Mm -hmm. or some song that you really like or something, uh, you have that moment where you connect with somebody on the dance floor or Mm -hmm. the whole crowd reacts or something and they react to it in the same way that you do. You go, aha. I understand. They understand what I'm doing. I'm going to keep rolling with this, you know, and right. it, that that excitement and enthusiasm has a way of just kind of bleeding out to the dance floor. And conversely, um, uh, on that point, it, sometimes when you don't make that connection on a dance floor, like that can get really uh, discouraging. So that's where, you know, a point like, play for yourself really uh, resonates because if nobody's feeling it, then at that point, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And I can't, I I mean, I can't tell you how many times, you know, I've, I've like when I was really heavy into like tech house and, or, you know, that's what I leaned toward the most, Um, you know, right after trance kind of like took a total nosedive and, and techno and tech house were where everybody was kind of moving to. And, but at the same time, you know, that was all, at least in our area, that's, that's also when, you know, the attendance was really starting to crash. So like 
really connecting with a crowd of 20, 30, maybe 40, 50 people was really hard because like just nobody was really coming and being enthusiastic. I'm not going to say nobody came for the music, but it, it, nobody was really enthusiastic about anything. And so when you got up there and you're playing, you know, the stuff that you, you curated your, your crate for the night and you're really trying to make this connection and okay, well, this isn't working. Okay. Switch gears and, you know, try to try to grab. Nope. Okay. Try to grab them. And everybody's either just, you know, holding up the wall or, you know, keeping the bartenders busy. Well, you know what? Fuck it. You know what I mean? Like (laughs) just, I'm playing for me at this point. Right. Yeah. And, and you have to concede that I think on occasion. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I'm telling you, sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't more, more often than not, it doesn't. But occasionally where I just said, okay, this is where I'm at in this set. And this is where I'm going, you know, I'm going out here for the rest of it. I don't even look at the crowd. Okay, fine. I'm just, I'm done. Whatever. I'm, I'm, and I, and I finish out the set right here in the mixer and, you know, and then by the time I'm done, you know, walk off and at least one person, you know, says, wow. But, but, but you know, you didn't go out there with the express written intent that you were just going to play what I, you know, I'm playing what I want to hear right. and no. damn everybody else. <laughs> no, no, no I, I usually don't. Like, I, I play what I like. I play what I love. But um, but I do curate to, uh, to, to share more mm-hmm. so than, um, than to try to, I don't know what the word I'm looking for there is, but. Like, you're not going to force it on them. Right, right. I, I think it was one of the first uh, things I mailed in about, and I was talking about having intelligence. You know, you can't, knowing what you can and can't do with the crowd that you have. Mm. Right. You know, the, uh, if it's a group of people. Or even that, just caring about that a little bit yeah. goes a long way. Right. If you right. have a group of people that you've been playing to or a, a specific following for a group, you know, your strike zone's a lot wider. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that aperture, you know, you, there's a lot more latitude because they have a relationship with you so they're going to give you a lot more leeway. Right. Whereas if, you know, I think when Tony was talking about playing at Wallabies, you know, he had to, he had to stay in that real tight box because <laughs> right. he said he tried to drop a couple house tracks and the, and the manager's like, no, 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 not today, my friend, you know? Yeah. Been there, been there. Right. Right. Um, trip, what does it for you, man? What, uh, what, what, what do you do? What keeps you happy as a DJ? If I can ask, if I can put you right on the spot. Honestly, like, um, just the performance aspect of it, like, especially now that I write my own music, like it, 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 it's really satisfying for me to like take my own tunes, mix them with other tunes from other people that I absolutely love and music that I love to share and then getting a response out of people. Mm. Especially like the testing ground. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely testing ground. Like, like take um, Firecat four five one. Shout out Will Ellis. Um, he and I did a track uh, called Pushback, and uh, when we um, when right after, right even before we released it, like every time, like we were both anywhere, like it was, you know, this is forthcoming on Bass Industry. Shout out Lauren. Um, <laughs> like, uh, we're loaded full of shout outs. I know, today. loaded full of <laughs> shout outs. Um, MF or crew. Um, but uh, like that was really cool because when, when you throw that out there and it automatically gets 
the crowd's attention. Like, oh, crap, this guy isn't just DJing. Like, he writes his own stuff, too. Yeah. You know, that sort of thing. Because I do the same thing. As, as soon as I hear that somebody, you know, gets up on a mic, and this is forthcoming and dropping on such and such a date, well, you know, yeah, all right. There's another local or a regional or somebody coming through. Like, yeah, they're doing something, you know. And, and not to say that you have to be a producer, but for me, I connect with that a little bit because I produce. I Absolutely. know it's not the easiest thing in the world. And, and it's even harder to like put yourself out there as an artist when you're up on a stage as you're about to drop your own track. You know, how is it going to get received? Yeah. You know, and a lot of times I won't do that. I'll just drop something I'm working on just to see how it goes. <laughs> and at the end, you're like, yeah, that was me, folks. Yeah, yeah, yeah all, right, day, right. all day, every day. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> two times on Sunday. <laughs> um, but uh, that, that takes a lot of uh, courage, though, you know, to mm-hmm. open yourself up like that to right. criticism right. In, in, like, the heat of the moment like that. Right. Because, you know, when folks are out there, you know, and they're spending good money to come listen to you and, you know, you open yourself up to that. I mean, that could go really good right. or really bad. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. Um, but, you know, just – and part of it's ego. Like, you know, I mean uh, – I well, like. I mean, ego I, can feed happiness. That's valid. Right. I, and, and I like to think that I'm not, like, you know, full of myself or anything like that. But it, it's it, – the, the act of getting up on a stage and – this aspect of performing because like I can't sing, you know, I, I, I don't know how to play a guitar. I don't know. Like, you know, I, I, I don't have those other, you know, musical skills that other musicians have worked on for years and years and years. And, you know, bands get up there and they do their thing. You know, for, for me, this is my performance outlet. You know, this is, this is how I get out there. And that's how, you know, when I, and then, Unless mm. unless somebody's been there and done it, like that, it's it's a hard thing to really convey. But once you've locked eyes with a crowd, and you are the one who is you know putting something out there and connecting with those people, and then to have that feedback, that's a that that's an incredible feeling. So part of it's the the sharing of the music. Part of it is a, a testing ground for me, and mm-hmm. and and part of it is is an ego thing. And well, just, and we got Brian Robin here. He said it's like your own version of being at the Apollo. Yeah, yeah. nice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was just gonna say it's shout it's, out Brian. Yeah, thanks. Uh, it's it's very nerve wracking too because sometimes that's the first time you've heard that on a club level system, right? You know, right. and I've I've run into that before where I've completed a song and I've worked on it to death and I've mixed it and mastered it so I think and right. I've done the car test and <laughs> I've you know, done the whole thing and then you get to a the club. club and I play it and and you forgot to do the mono check well <laughs> so I, I'm thinking of one case in particular is this old song that I I came out with in like 2005 and okay. it was called Through the Looking Glass and it it made a small little amount of attention here locally. Just a couple of people uh, knew it and recognized it, and so they would get excited when I played it. So sure. I would play it every now and then. And uh, this particular track, the first time I played it out, I'm always worried about the lower frequencies. Mm-hmm. I've always had trouble mixing bass. Yeah. When I got out there, I nailed the bass this time, 
it was the high frequencies that I had trouble with that I didn't realize. And so I started playing this song and there's this breakdown, the beat stops and there's these like swirly kind of chirpy. This was like, this was almost like really slow electro trance is the best way I can describe it. Okay. And it had these like chirpy synthy parts in the breakdown. And I, I physically, like I, I literally saw people like cringing Mm. And wincing and stuff because like the dog covering they, his ears up. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. they were dancing and stuff. Like yeah, yeah. And then it got to that point and they went ooh, and I mm. went oh crap, I didn't know. And so the couple times I played it after that, I like was active EQing it active. while I played it, you know, <laughs> nice. and that worked out fine. But right, right. Uh, Mo, thanks for hanging out on the Facebook Live there. Um, while we're kind of thinking about it. Uh, let's do call to action this week is to go to the Facebook page and give us a like if you're not already there. Um, if you are, maybe share this episode on facebook.com. We would really appreciate it. I don't know if we're going to keep doing this live thing through Facebook Live or not, but I'm kind of digging it. I don't know how you guys feel. Yeah, we just got like so, four people that just oh. tagged in like the last 60 seconds. I so. just shared it on my personal profile. Oh. Probably my friends. <laughs> Hi, guys. <laughs> Never mind. Hey, what's up? As you guys can tell, this discussion really took off. So rather than trying to edit all the content down into one compact hour or less uh, show, we made the decision to split this up into two different uh, episodes. So what you just heard was episode 55 and Hopefully you'll join us next week for episode 56, where we'll uh, continue on this discussion. So have a great week and we'll catch up with you next Monday. Thanks for listening to the Passionate DJ podcast at www.passionatedj.com. Check out the fan page at facebook.com slash passionate DJ or on Twitter at DJ with passion. And always remember to keep on spinning. Everybody started like moving towards techno and trance and or techno and techno. Uh, <laughs> you won't hear that in the final. Um, <laughs> this is maybe maybe at the end. Yeah, this is only for you dedicated, <laughs> passionate podcast, That's, passionate DJ podcast heads. Right? That's right. <laughs> um, no, but um, you know when techno and trance uh, or bleh, damn, try again. Right. Tra- trance when night. when trance was taking a dive and techno and tech house.